Welcome to the Hill City Church Podcast. We are a church family located in Springfield, Missouri. You can learn more about us and support our ministries at hillcitysgf.org. Paul gives his final words, his final greetings to the church in Ephesus, starting in verse 21, so that you also may know how I am and how I am doing. Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will tell you everything. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts. Peace be to the brothers and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. And this is the word of the Lord. Now you you may be seated. Well, I thought I was done with Ephesians, but we got a little encore today. And Paul ends a lot of his letters with these uh, benedictions, and, and they're not just throwaway words. There was just too much power in this benediction that I thought that we needed to go there. So a guy named, uh, a guy named Josh Patterson, he's a pastor down in Texas. He's become a pretty good, actually really good friend and a phenomenal mentor to me. Um, and I've sat through some of his leadership stuff, and he does this exercise And the first time I sat through it, I was guilty of what I'm getting ready to tell you, but I've sat through this exercise now three times as he's led church leaders through it. And what he'll do is he'll talk about Jesus. He's like, Jesus, the greatest leader of all time, the greatest leader to ever walk the planet. Absolutely true. And then he says, now just imagine leaders, room full of leaders. What what would it be like to be in in this, this leadership community with Jesus? Like describe what that might be like. So all these church leaders are, are in a room. They're, they start writing these words down and sharing like, oh, man, I, man that, that, that community would, be, would have been driven. Oh, surely that, that community, man, they had a strategy. They were strategic. That community would have been a community of influence. Oh, without a doubt, they were a, a collaborative community, right? All these words and leaders are talking about this community of Jesus and this leadership and, the, and all the, the leadership book words were coming out. And then, listen, I've done this three times. And in the first one, I was guilty. And then the other two, I just sat back. I'm like, There's no, this is not going to happen, like, again. And then the third time, no, this, this is not going to happen again. All three times in that exercise, not one church leader said, this community led by the greatest leader of all time would have been loving. Love. And it was Jesus who said in John chapter 13, by this, everyone will know that you, that you are mine, that you follow me in the way that you love one another. So, so just in light of us today, we are ascending church. And I thought, man, how appropriate then that we talk about that, that, that if we're not, listen, the team going to Italy, the team going to Michigan, if you are not going in love you should not go. And I'm going to say a lot to the team going to Italy today, and I'm going to say a lot to the, to the team going to Michigan. But I'm going to say the exact same th- thing to the team that's going to go to Springfield when we walk out of here today. It's not different for them than it is for us. And we must go in love. That's how people are going to know that we belong to Jesus. Paul, in this letter to the Ephesians uses love more times than any of his letters. 
And if you think about of all the of all the words that the Holy Spirit breathed out into the pen of Paul as he wrote this, he gave love the last word. The very last verse we see love mentioned three times. So we got to pay attention to this. Because we are more than what we know. We say this a lot around here. We are what we love. I don't want us to just be a bunch of people who know about Jesus. We know the story of Jesus. I want us to be people who love and are loving and love like Jesus. And that we love Jesus and that we love other people. And, and there are some things in this benediction that I want to just point our attention to. That you, may, you might miss if you don't just look at it. So number one, I want us to talk about a community of love. So even in this benediction, we see Paul who wrote this. We see a guy named Tychicus, and, we, and, and, and of course this letter is going to the Ephesians. This is a community of love. And right out of the gate, I want to tell you something about Paul. He said, he's writing this so that you may know how I am and what I am doing. Then he says again that you may know how we are. So this, word, the, 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 this idea of knowing in a community of love, Paul is okay with being known. He wants to be known. Now let's be reminded, he's in prison right now. Like he has a really good excuse just to bow out. Whatever, I'm locked up. It's over. And not care about his community. Not care about being known. Who cares? I'm in prison. There's nothing to know. Why would I? No, no. Paul says, no, I'm going to write to you so that you may know how I am. There's a phrase we use in our society a lot from a book and and it actually came from a poem that says, no man is an island. We have a myth of independence in our country where we can just go do things on our own. And that is not how God designed us. Like we need other people. We need to be known. We need to belong with other people. And we need to be loved by other people. And Paul says that you may know how I am. One Bible scholar says it this way, love without being known is flattery, but love and being known is family. And we always say this around here, we are a church family. The Bible says that, Tim Keller says it like this, to be loved but not known is comforting but superficial. To be known and not loved is our greatest fear. We are a community of love. So my question to you this morning is, who knows you? We desire to be known. You can say that you don't, but God put it in us. We desire to be known, but we suppress it. Like there's been sin that is inside of us, and there's actually been sin against us that makes being known a very scary thing. I just want you to imagine with me a community of people who love you even though they know you. Like, I, I, like I can't even think about that statement. I think about my wife, Jenny. I'm just like, man, she, this is weird. She knows me. She loves me, but she knows me. I don't even know how that's possible. Like, and I make jokes about, it's like, I'm just like, I, mean, I, I just wake up each day, I'm like, man, I'm glad she's still around. It's like, I, if, she, if she wasn't, I'd be like, I get it, I, I get it. 
but she, like she knows me and, and that she loves me and she knows me, that's pretty incredible. That's actually, that shouldn't only be in a, in a marriage relationship. That should be the community of God. That we love each other even though we know each other. So Paul, Paul demonstrates this love within this community. Don't miss it. This guy named Tychicus. So you, it doesn't take hard research to learn about this guy. So he was a Gentile. He was much younger than Paul. He was of lower social status than Paul. But what does Paul say about him within this community of love? He doesn't take a jab at him. He doesn't let the Ephesians know, hey, I'm, I'm higher than this guy. I'm above this guy, but I'm going to go ahead and send him to you. That's not what he says. That's not what happens in a community of love. Paul says of Tychicus, my beloved brother and faithful servant in the Lord. He could have said anything. But this is what he says. Why? Paul, Paul does have power. Paul does have authority. Paul dove, does have influence. And he used that power. He used that authority. And he used that influence to build up his brother Tychicus. That's kind of like what Jesus does. Jesus uses his power and his authority to build us up. Paul knew Jesus. He loved Jesus. So he just did what Jesus would do when talking about his brother Tychicus. It's a community of love. Now, in light of Ephesians, stay with me here. When we join this community of love, being in a community of love, it's part of the new humanity that we talked about weeks ago. It's part of becoming part of this new race when you follow Jesus. When you pass from death to life, you're a part of a new race and you get in this new community of love. And I've done this long enough now that I can tell you some things that I've, I've seen. And here we go. So, so when your love, when your love for other people within your community and out there, when your love for other people is at its strongest and most Christ-like, it's because you are engaged in a community of love. And together, like you're allowing God's word and the power of his spirit to influence you and that influences your love. So, so flip side to that, when your love for other people is off, let's say maybe it's non-existent, but maybe it's just off, that is because you are following the impulses of your old humanity. You're living out of the old race, and it's likely that you're less connected to your community of love. So you can do some evaluation here. Do you love others? Evaluate that love. Do I really love others? So you, the team that's going to Italy, the team that's going to Ann Arbor, and those of us staying here, we are in a community of love. We are then supposed to go love other people, and then we invite other people into our community of love because we have something to offer. It's not just a community of love. This, this love that Paul speaks of in this benediction is a love that encourages. Verse 22, he says, I've sent him that you can know how we are and that he, this is Tychicus, may encourage your hearts. Well, how was Tych Tychicus going to encourage their hearts? 
Well, number one, he's going to do it with presents. Now, not like Christmas presents, birthday presents. He was going to do it with his presence, the ministry of presence, the ministry of being there. Does that make sense? This is what we should, this is what we should be a part of. We should all be a part of the ministry of presence, being there. But then he was also going to encourage them with this amazing letter. So just imagine Tychicus. Now, I'm already getting weird about saying that, so I'm just going to say Tick. Right? If you grew up where I grew up, like no one even went by their real name anyway. Everybody had a nickname. So Tick. Imagine old Tick just showing up. Right? And he's got this letter. And, and, and the people of Ephesus, they're excited to see him. Man, that's our boy Tick. And they hug him. Right? And they're just like, man, it's good to see you. How's P? Or Paul? Or whatever. They, right? They wouldn't call him Paul. And, and, and listen, and, and Tick's going to tell him all the, and he's going to tell him the truth. Man, hey, it kind of stinks over there, man. He's locked up. He, he, he's having some down days. Like he's telling him everything. Paul said he's going to tell you everything. So first he would tell him how Paul is. And he would probably, and, and Paul wanted to be known. So it's like, man, there's some bad days Paul's having. It's not good over there, but he loves you. And then, and they're like, man, but he wrote you this letter. What's in it? Let's look at it. Let's read this letter. That, that, that Paul, I know he's having some down days, but then, then what does Paul do? Paul, in this letter, encourages his community in the love of Jesus. Like the whole letter to the Ephesians was loving encouragement. Chapter 1, in love, Paul talks about. In love, it was God that predestined us. Chapter 2, he says, because of, of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead, made us alive. And you notice Paul's using we and us. This is what Paul is, is, is preaching to himself in prison. And he's writing this letter to encourage all of his friends in Ephesus. Chapter 3, the love of Christ that surpasses, surpasses all knowledge. Chapter 4, every joint when each part is working properly makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Chapter 5, hey, let's walk in love just as Christ loved us. So of course he's going to end this magnificent letter with encouragement in love. So Italy team. Ann Arbor team. This is what you do. People of Springfield, this is what you do. You encourage and love. So here is your encouragement. Allow what I'm getting ready to tell you. Encourage your hearts and know this is what you're taking to tell people to encourage them. Here it is. Are you ready? God loves you. We should just tell people that all the time. God loves you. And here's the great thing about it. Like you, right now, as you walked in here, God loves you. Not like, well, once I get, thing, once I get things right, once I improve myself. Listen to me. God loves you right now. Not a future version of you. He loves you. It's not just like some touchy-feely love. Like he loves you with the very same love that caused him to send his son Jesus to the cross to die for you. That's how much God loves you right now, today. And all of us can receive this love through faith. Now I know what some of you are thinking. I did that when I was seven. No. This is something you receive every morning when you wake up. The gospel is not 
for, for some event that happened in the past that one day you believed this. We receive God's love every morning when we wake up, and we have to do that through faith. And if you're following Jesus, listen, you need to be an encourager. You need to encourage people with the love of Jesus. But I got to tell you another thing, because listen, I'm studying this. I'm so guilty of this. It's not just that we have to be encouragers. People of God, we, we actually have to receive encouragement. And I'm so bad at this, and the staff makes fun of me all the time. It's like, they'll, they'll encourage me, with, and I'll just get weird. Whether it's about a sermon, whether it's about hey, a decision, they'll, they'll come and just encourage me, and I'm just like, I'll just kind of like back up slowly. Like, I don't want to do with this. And it's weird. It's my own thing. But it's actually, I've, been, I've become convicted about it. Like, people of God, we've got to receive encouragement. We have to be people of encouragement. We have to receive encouragement. Here's what I know about myself is, is I'm actually pretty easily angered. That's not cool. I'm actually pretty easily distracted. That's not good. I'm actually pretty easily annoyed. That's really not good. What I begin to pray about is this, is Lord, please help me become more easily encouraged. And maybe some of you, that's what you need to do today. What you need to pray along with me is that we need to become easily encouraged because, listen, this is a love that encourages that we see in this benediction. But then verse 23 takes us to a love with faith. A love with faith. Romans chapter 14 says, For whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. So we should love with faith. Hebrews eleven sixteen. Without faith it is impossible to please God. So we should love with faith. So let me get super, super practical here for a moment. Not if, but when loving someone gets difficult... We have to remember where we place our faith. When loving some, someone gets difficult, we have to remember our faith in Jesus. Does loving someone ever get difficult? And all the married people said, amen, under your breath. It does. Hey, parents. Okay, I know we got a lot of young parents out there. You got your little precious baby, right? They're still so cute. Listen to me, one day it's coming. And you're just going to be like, it is hard to love you right now. That is, if it hasn't happened, it's coming. Now I'm going to get serious just for, for a second. So, so sometimes marriage is hard. I'm going to talk to the married people for a minute. We have some engaged people in here as well. Sometimes marriage is hard. And the only thing that's going to hold it together is that you remember that you have faith in Jesus and not faith in your husband. That you have faith in Jesus and not faith in your wife. And you're going to have to love with faith knowing that the only way this is going to work, the only way we're going to be old and gray together is because I'm going to have faith in Jesus. That, listen, that is real.
when you're, struggle, when you're struggling to love as you are called to love, reflect on what it is that you believe. And here's one of the areas you've got to go to. Because a lot of times when you're struggling to love a, a person that you are supposed to love, it's because you have forgotten that God is good. Like you're struggling in this relationship where you didn't want to have struggles. So now you're looking at God going, this isn't how it was supposed to go. Are you good? And you have to stop and go, wait a minute, my faith is in Jesus. I know you're good. We can do this. When you're struggling to love, you need to be one that then initiates love because that's what Jesus did for you. And it's going to take some faith. It's not just that it's, it was a community of love. It's not just that it was a love that encourages. It's not just a love with faith. There's something that just, there's the, the, the last two words of Ephesians just gave me chills. Just look at it if you have your Bibles. It's a love that's incorruptible. That sounds really good to me. I like that. Love incorruptible. In other words, a love that never dies. I know what some of you are thinking. You're like, of course, it's Je the love of Jesus never dies. No, no, listen to me. That's not what, that's not what Paul's talking about. He's talking about that love that comes from us. The love that's incorruptible, he's talking about our love, our love for Jesus, our love for others. It can be incorruptible. So listen, I just want you to start right now thinking about, I don't care if you have, I don't care if you're married, I don't care if you have kids, I don't care where you are in the stage of life, just think about the legacy that you might want to leave one day. And it should be a legacy of love, something that's incorruptible. It's got to start with your love for Jesus and then it's got to trickle out then to how you love others. That's the legacy that you could leave. Incorruptible, a love that never dies. A love that your grandkids could talk about one day. If they, if they talk about anything, they should be, they say, I don't know much about my grandpa. I don't know much about my great grandpa. I just know this. He loved Jesus and he loved his family with that love of Jesus. What about that legacy? A love incorruptible. An incorruptible love for Jesus and for others is only a result of incorruptible love from Jesus. Listen, you don't, get to, you don't get to have this incorruptible love apart from Jesus. 1 John 4 says, We love because he first loved us. See, the source of our incorruptible love, the source of our undying love was incorruptible and he was undying. And I know this because we tried to kill him. We tried to kill that source, and then we buried him, but he rose from the dead, and today he sits on the throne. And here's what he does. He just continues to build this magnificent, organic temple in love, and we get to be brought in. If you're serving communion, I want you to come up. See, we are part of this organic temple called the church. And here's what you need to know about the church. It's called the bride. And this thing that's built out of incorruptible love, it's built of people who can love with incorruptible love. 
this bride, she's still here and she's still strong. And those of us who make up this organic temple, we are known by our love. Thanks be to Jesus. Now here's the thing. I do have to share some unfortunate news. This church that Paul wrote this letter to, the letter that he mentioned love more than any other letter. See, they're mentioned again in the last book of the Bible. And sadly, they had left their first love. And they were called to repentance. Many of the believers who would have heard this letter later left their first love. I want you to stand with me. Hill City Church, I pray that we never leave our first love. We, we share Jesus here every single week. We're going to share him next week, the week after. We preach the gospel here every week. Because Jesus is our first love, and we never want to leave him. There's a phrase we use around here a lot. Our practices shape our loves. So we receive communion here every week. And it's a practice that we participate in because we want to shape our love for Jesus that will then grow an incorruptible love within us with which we can love others. So we come to the table. If you're visiting, you'll come down these metal aisles. We have stations under these lights. If you're in the back half of the room, which seems to be most of you, these seats work. There are stations back there for you. We have a station in the balcony. If you need gluten-free, we have a station down here for you too. The bread's going to be torn. That's the body of our king who performed the greatest act of love that's ever been performed on the planet. It'll be dipped into a cup which represents the blood of our king. And I want you to allow this practice to then shape your love. And this love is how people will know that we are his. Let's come to the table.